about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt the globes are back baby and everybody's gonna be drunk and wow this is a crazy party and the stars are letting loose tonight and oh my gosh this is insanity here at the golden globes um, hollywood's biggest craziest wackiest night <laughs> what? were you not listening to like the MC every single time they cut to commercials talk about like how crazy everything was going to be and how stars were letting loose and it was like I've seen not a bit of that no, going I did on. Not see that? I wish I had. Honestly, M- I'm glad I heard it from you first. I the think MC you was terrible. Times. Did you just like <laughs> mute it whenever it like went to commercials? I guess it just didn't even like stand out to me. I was probably like talking to Rob while it was happening or something. Because I was like, what is this person on? (laughs) Like, they were clearly had done so much branding to be like, this is the fun award party. Like, this (laughs) is the, like, this is the crazy one where, like, people get drunk and weird things happen. And they were really leaning into that. And it was like, honey, that is not, like, I didn't. It was not giving that. Yeah, it was not giving that. It was was like, no matter how many times you cut to Timmy and freaking Kylie, I'm not going to believe that this is a fun time. Yeah, nobody really looked like they were having fun when they would cut to the audience. Like, I guess they sort of loosened up when they got to the end. But also they were serving sushi. And who was it? Will Ferrell who was like, ah, the whole room smells like hot sushi. And it's like, yeah, yeah, because I'm sure that most people aren't eating it. And it's just like raw fish now sitting <laughs> in the open air. Yeah, I mean, it was an accursed show to begin with. Like, this is the canceled show. It just came back. They didn't have a host up until like this month 10 days ago supposedly 10 days 10 days days. um and so it it didn't seem like it would be that great and also people were like whatever about the nominations um it seemed pretty predictable who would win you had succession you had barbie v oppenheimer um see though i feel like at least my thought going into this okay so the golden globes are known for being like chaotic And the Hollywood Foreign Press Association was like 80 journalists. You know, they'd sort of get like paid off kind of in some ways with these trips and things. They would always have some weird nominees. Um, And it is the awards party that has like an open bar. They're all sitting at tables. So people were drunk. Like I remember um, like Emma Thompson presenting an award without any shoes on when you're, you know, like it did sort of have that kind of energy to it. Yeah, And then all of this stuff about corruption and racism came out. And so then they added more people to the group. Then, you know, that didn't go great. Then they, the Hollywood Foreign, or the Golden Globes were bought by Penske Media. They got rid of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Now it's just Golden Globes journalists. They've added like 300 other people to the mix for voting. Um, And it hasn't been on the last couple of years or has been sort of like a lackluster affair so i in one regard i thought okay they're gonna be on their best behavior and that they want to make sure that these nominees like aren't too kooky but i also (laughs) felt like 
this is an awards show with sort of low expectations. They can like they're sort of reinventing themselves. They aren't going to get a big name cat uh, host, so they can kind of get somebody random who might be fun. Like I thought that maybe there would be more like wiggle room because it's sort of newer it's like yeah let's just try some things that maybe like the emmys or the oscars which are more sort of you know prestigious aren't gonna do yeah so i thought it could have the possibility to be fun however no it did not the nominees were pretty boring um which i think they needed them to be for credibility but then the wins were boring um the host was (laughs) joe coy who i had never even heard of before did you know who this was no, no idea. That's not to diminish his work. I'm sure he, I don't know. <laughs> He's a stand-up and I'm, uh, well, it was painful. And they cast him at the last minute, supposedly 10 days before the show. Like, I guess nobody else wanted this gig. But at the same time, I'm like, they were giving out an award, this new award for stand-up comedians. So I'm sort of surprised that they didn't get one of them to be the host. Um, or I mean, I don't like if you're, if you're sort of looking around at like B league celebrities or B league comedians, it's like, you couldn't have gotten somebody a little bit more like, I don't know, interesting. Um, (laughs) you know, like you couldn't have gotten Bowen Yang or like somebody like, I don't think so. I mean, I, it sounded like a lot of people turned it down, like the bigger heavy hitters. So I don't know how many people they went to. Um, I'm sure it was also like. Yeah, it's a thankless job. I don't think many people like it. Everyone's unhappy with it, but this one was especially like, wow, this is. I odd. think this might though make it easier to be a host because I think yeah, this exactly. was so heinous <laughs> that now people are gonna be like, oh yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, fine. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> this opening monologue was truly the worst opening monologue I have ever seen at an award it show. Was so bad. It was bad in like. Every single joke was not funny. Some of the jokes were confusing. Some mm-hmm. of the jokes uh, and like didn't make sense. The ones some were that sexist. Some were sexist. Some were just so uh like some were homo there was a homophobic one. There was they also so, just like, like they crazy. were the lowest yeah. hanging fruit. Like it yeah. started with jokes about how Oppenheimer is long and it's yeah. like okay, original. And then the and then the opening monologue ended with jo- a joke about Meryl Streep having so many awards and it's like okay again we have heard that joke 900 times like you have a room full of celebrities who are representing movies and tv shows that you can choose from to make jokes about like you have so many options of things to go for and to select those it's like what yeah no it was like he admitted, he's like, yeah, I never watched these shows. And at first I thought he was joking, but I think he was being honest. I don't think he watched any of these. I don't think he cares about any of them. And so it was strange to watch him like try to be clever, but it's like everyone was aware he hadn't done the homework. Like that's what it felt like is like watching the class clown try to make some sort of gotcha moment. But then it's like, ugh, like you actually missed the point completely or like that's literally not funny. Like I don't, I don't know how his most extended bit was like about Barry's penis in Saltburn. It's like that's – and then like associating it with – what was he 
I can't well, even remember. Like, he was like, so he was talking was so about confusing. how Barry Keoghan's dick was so big that like he was sitting in the back section, but his dick was sitting in the front section. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. his dick was on Bradley Cooper's face. Yeah. Being a Very reference weird. to the fact that Bradley Cooper's playing Leonard oh, Bernstein, yeah. who's gay in Maestro. But the thing is, there's not a scene in Maestro where like. I thought it was about Bradley... his nose. I thought it was about his nose prosthetic. Oh, really? I think See, that's, that's not how I, think I took it. That's what the joke was. It was like, oh, that, that, because it, to me, it's like, okay, he's just going for whatever is the headline. The thing about Maestro was, oh, he has a fake nose and it's huge and it's offensive. Oh. So that's see, what I thought it was. I th- assumed it was about the fact that, like, Leonard Bernstein is sort of like a gay whore in Maestro and is, like, sleeping oh. around <laughs> with all of these people behind his wife's back. But there's not, like, a scene where he gets, like, a dick slapped in his face or something. Yeah. So I was, like, confused about that. But I guess it does make sort of more sense if it's talk if it is a joke about Bradley yeah, Cooper's nose, but I didn't get that. No, it was a terrible joke. And then like the Olympic joke, like Oh yeah, like, the oh, color, the purple color purple is what happens when you're to your butt when it's, it's on Ozempic. Like, it's like it's like what? But the crazy thing was that he mentioned multiple times that uh that one that he only had ten days to come up with this stuff, which is yeah. like okay, ten days is a lot of time to write an yeah. eight minute monologue. You know, it's like that's like it's not the you don't have to have that many jokes yeah. there. And then also we talked about how he had a room of writers, and some of them he wrote, and then he kept like throwing other yeah. people under the bus, saying like, "Oh, I didn't write that one." It's yeah. like you had, you know four people let's say in a room yeah. writing these jokes you had hundreds of jokes and these are the best you could do like you couldn't like <laughs> and he I hired am, the writers it's not like like i am confident that if you gave you and i yeah a lunch we could put together a <laughs> monologue that had better jokes than this yeah no it's like it, it was weird to have him be like i had 10 days to do this it's like well not that they're great but Saturday Night Live does skits upon skits with four days to prepare. You know, it's like I don't understand why 10 days isn't a long time when it's your only job. You know, it's yeah, like write it, a joke. And it's <laughs> Do like better. there's I don't know. There's just so many like, yeah, you could like there. there's a ton of salt burn jokes that you could easily do um, yeah. that I think would be funnier. Yeah. There's like Wonka stuff that they didn't even like mention Wonka. Like yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is always like a good person to go with, like to do a joke about. Like they didn't do anything about her. Like I don't know. There's just so many yeah. options. Well, and the Barbie joke. It's just like what? Like the joke that would have made more sense is a reverse where you're like, oh, this film explores blah 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 blah, and then they're like, and then there's Oppenheimer. You know, like I think it was weird his perspective on everything because I'm like, wow, this man just hates women or like doesn't care about anything i don't know it was like i didn't understand how the best thing he could come up with barbie is women have cellulite like it's like that's the joke or that ryan gosling's hot you know and also can you explain the killers of the flower moon joke because he's like oh you stole it like what did he mean like what was he talking about he was talking about how, like, white people steal things, which I guess, like, yeah, they're stealing the oil in the yes. movie. But then he's like, every, like, white people steal everything. And it's like, well, like, yes, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, I didn't get it. Like, even this movie. And I was like, wait, what? Like. Oh, yeah. Like, I guess they stole, like, they, I, 
like I think what he was trying to say was that this is sort of like a Native American story and then it's like Martin Scorsese made it. But like the jokes weren't well enough written to understand what the punchlines were or it's like or maybe he just didn't deliver them properly. But I felt like there were lots of jokes where you were sort of like, did I get the punchline of that or didn't or didn't I like the Ozempic purple butt joke? I was like. Is this a thing that I just don't know about Ozempic that yeah. like everybody's talking about on the internet? How, oh, you have a purple butt if you're on Ozempic? I'm like, I haven't heard about that at all. Yeah, no. But so I... then I don't know, is it just like a bad, weird joke? Or is yeah. am I missing something about Ozempic and what it does to your butt? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was so cringy. I then think the, the one that's got the most headlines is the Taylor Swift one, which was mostly like, inoffensive to me i don't think i I don't think taylor should be expected to laugh at it but it wasn't like the worst thing he's ever i mean the thing i think that was interesting was that so the taylor swift joke was not in the opening monologue that came right later so he so he comes out he does his opening monologue he realizes quickly that it's not doing well (laughs) then he starts saying like blaming the other people saying he only did 10 days whatever they move into the presenter bits which i thought were largely much funnier than the opening monologue i don't know if he was in charge of that or how like who came up with the presenter bits but those were working on more levels um so then at a certain so then like after the first commercial break or whatever he comes back and his sort of like bit is that oh the nfl plays more taylor swift cutaways than the golden globes do and then it cuts to taylor swift (laughs) and she looks sort of irritated but almost in a way as if i thought like she didn't she didn't even quite like know what was going on you know what i mean because i know those rooms are so busy and it was like they come back from a commercial break he says this they cut to her like i i couldn't even be sure that she had heard the joke yeah, and she was already sipping her cocktail, like, yeah. as he was saying it, so it didn't seem necessarily like a response to his call-out, you know? Yeah, Because that's but, what people read it as. Right, and it was so kind of weird that then, like, so I'm working the Golden Globes in that I'm, you know, like, watching them writing up my review and stuff at the same time. So I'm following along with the Globes on Twitter and their account, and then they release something that's like, we love you, Taylor. Like, we love you at the Golden Globes or whatever, like, on their <laughs> socials. I'm sure thinking, like, oh, gosh, like, fans are not going to love this. <laughs> and then, but then uh, at that point, from that point on, we really got no more of Joe Coy. Like he might have popped out once or twice to say like and then and the presenters are, but mostly they went with the MC. He did not make in a reappearance. And then I noticed when we got to the back half of the show that the um sort of the uh like clip packages all of a sudden got longer. Like oh, at the beginning they were moving along in a pretty conspiracy. good clip. And then once we got to the end, like they were showing more clips of things, they were just longer. And I know that for award shows like this they make all of the clip packages in different sizes, depending on how long, you know, they need when they get to that point of the show, like have the speeches gone long, you know, what's happened. And so part of me was wondering like if either he, a was like, this is going poorly. Like, I don't want to do this or if B like the (laughs) network or whatever was like, Hey, like actually we're cutting some of your bits (laughs) because that was interesting. It was sort of odd. I feel like that he didn't have a like, that there was no 
there was no other bit like where he show, talked to the yeah. audience or where he popped out or they did a dance, you know, because usually there's some sort of second act thing that the host does. And really all he did was the monologue and like a couple interstitial jokes that didn't do well. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. I mean, I honestly found the whole thing boring. I felt like there were no like standout acceptance speeches. There weren't like that, like standout bits from presenters. All the like, oh, wow, the cast of Suits is all together again. Like, I didn't, I don't know. It all just felt kind of sleepy and lame. (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, let's get, let's save, I guess, the speeches and the winners for a second. Um, the presenters, I thought there were some good bits. Like, I I liked the one that the Across the Spider-Verse team did that was like, oh, this uh, bit was not written by a writer, it was written by studio heads, and it was, like, stupid. Um, I thought that that was kind of funny. I also liked the Ray Romano, Carrie Russell um, intro oh, yeah. about, like, oh, we're going to be honest, and Ray Romano's like, oh, I love your work, and Carrie Russell's like, uh, like, <laughs> I have, I haven't seen yours. Like, yeah. so I thought that, I thought that the presenters were, I mean, and also maybe this was just because everyone was so desperate for a laugh at that point, that by the time we got to some of these presenters, like, the room seemed to be more, like, yucking it up. But I, I thought that the presenters weren't terrible and they largely stayed away from the like a screenplay is the heart of the movie you know those kind of uh presenter bits that i find so frustrating like most of these were kind of interesting in some way shape or form but yeah it wasn't there wasn't anything that in five years i'm gonna be like pulling back up on youtube to watch yeah i don't know yeah no, um, it it was like all of it 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 just kind of felt like like even the Kirsten Wig and like Will Ferrell thing, it felt kind of done before. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like dead inside. But it was just like everything was just kind of sleepy and then of course the awards and who won them, it was kinda like, okay, whatever. I really when they announced that Kristen Wig and Will Ferrell were presenting together, I yeah. was like, Yes, they're gonna redo that bit that they did at the Golden Globes like 10 years ago where they pretend they've seen the nominees, but they haven't. And they do the improv thing. And I was like, yes, like I am so ready to watch them do this again. And then they didn't. And I was like, ah, missed opportunity. I know. It was just kind of simple. Everything just felt kind of like, oh, okay, we're here. Um, So shall we talk about the uh, award winners then, I guess? Um, Where do you want to start? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I guess they're all over the place, huh? I mean, I feel like let's just go by like category or whatever, like TV and we can do like the drama and then the comedy or whatever. Um, Largely the awards, like, I, I don't necessarily know that they were predictable in a like, oh, at the beginning of the show, you would have predicted that everybody who right. won won. But they were predictable in that once they <laughs> yeah, voted for a show, <laughs> the show won everything. Like, yeah. like yeah. it became very apparent that there was not a lot of, like, diversity of thought going on and that, like, almost all the drama awards went to Succession, almost all the comedy awards went to um, the, bear. the Bear, and that the limited awards went to beef 
there was a couple exceptions in categories where like those shows didn't have a real nominee but otherwise like those won the three major awards and also like any major acting award that came with it yeah so that was i mean i think all i haven't watched beef but i've heard it's good um and the bear and Succession are obviously good shows, so it wasn't like I was upset with those wins, but just as we were going along, they were kind of a little bit boring, especially when the final awards of the night are the show awards, and you're like, oh, well, Beef has already won three things, so, like, obviously that's going to (laughs) win. Oh, the Bear has already won three things, you know? Like, it just made the ending sort of anticlimactic, because it wasn't like, oh, a lot of different people have been winning. It could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that the bear one, I think they have the most fun energy that they brought, especially um, Io. Io. Oh, yeah, Io Debris. Io Debris. So funny. She had the best speech. Yes. yes. Honestly, shout out. (laughs) I think I love her. I'm excited to see what she does. And I think that was a good injection of energy into that show. (laughs) Well, because her and Kieran Culkin, I think, maybe won back to back. And Mm. he also had a sort of chaotic speech where he, like, burped at the beginning or whatever. And I was like, okay, this is more of what I'm looking for. Like, this kind of people who are actually excited to win. Because, I mean, we'll get back to this later. But the first two speeches of the night were movie people. And both of them, it was like, Davine Joy Randolph and Robert Downey Jr. both pulled out, like, ratty, crumpled pieces of paper and just read the speeches off it. And it was like... Like, you guys are auditioning to win an Oscar, and this is what you're delivering? <laughs> like, I don't want to see you win anything again. Yeah. It's like, I get that you want to be prepared, but at least be funny or, like, energized. It was just, like, a name rollout. Who was it who somebody or another was, like, couldn't remember um, who else was thing and was like, well, I think that's everybody. Was that Io? Was like, I think that's everybody who I want, who I want to thank. <laughs> and then was like, oh, wait, no, all of these other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just um but yeah i don't know but so anything succession, else with... they sarah, sarah snook won before right i think so yes but sarah snook previously i believe was in supporting and then oh. they bumped her up to lead this round or at least that's what they did in the emmys um wait is but it just yeah best actress and best actor but then there's also supporting, isn't there? Or is there not? I don't think so. Supporting in a TV? I don't think so. If yes. Female actor. Yeah, they're supporting. Where? Who won? It was Elizabeth Debicki um, uh, yeah, won yeah, yeah, and yeah. Matthew McFadden. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think all the supporting categories are in one thing. Right. Okay, yeah. No, I take that back. <laughs> but yeah, succession. It's over. So we'll have to see what show steps in to um, monopolize every single award going forward. Yeah, because the crown is also um, done, which I feel like was the sort of other uh In the Marvelous Miss heavy Hazel hitter. is like over, right? Is it yeah, I think so. <laughs> Wait, was that even nominated? Oh, I guess I Alex Borst, or, um, yeah, it wasn't nominated for Best Musical or Comedy. Yeah, but they, yeah, they so, got Best Female Actor nomination. 
Yeah, Succession was up in drama against 1923, The Crown, The Diplomat, The Last of Us, and The Morning Show. So that feels like <laughs> that's due for like a whole new crop of things. Yeah. And then I guess musical comedy, it's like The Bear, Abbott Elementary, Only Murders in the Building. Those will all come back. And then Barry and Ted Lasso are done. And Jury yeah. Duty, which I don't know how exactly you make But Ted Lasso and Only Murders didn't get anything. Totally well, nothing got anything other than the bear. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Do better, I mean, everyone. That's, that's honestly like, the takeaway. Like, so the way that it worked was that Succession won drama in both of the drama cat- acting categories. The bear won comedy in both of the comedy acting categories. Beef won miniseries in both of the miniseries categories. And then the supporting sort of catch-alls went to Succession for Matthew McFadden and then The Crown. The Crown's the only thing that won in, or Elizabeth Debicki for The Crown's the only thing that won in TV that wasn't Beef, The Bear, or Succession. And I think that's mostly just because those shows don't really have like a super (laughs) strong supporting female performance. Yeah, at all. Well, actually, I really like The Bear, um, the Abby Elliott. Yeah. No, I loved the, her. On... Um, other chef, the she had a really oh, good storyline. Yeah, she wasn't nominated though. Oh, I know. Um. Also, can we talk about how Ali Wong is dating Bill Hader? <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, they gave a smooch. She she got a smooch before she went on stage. I did not know that. I thought she was married. No, they got divorced like a while ago. Oh. But isn't that the like oddest couple? Like I mean, I mean there's no such thing as an odd. But I couple, do love it. Who he dated somebody else who was um Rachel Bilson. Wasn't he with her with for a while? Oh, interesting. I think that's Bill like Hader is like his personality, it must be like great, because he can, you know, sort of pull <laughs> Yeah. Way above his weight class. Yeah, very interesting. Um, but happy for them. <laughs> I guess also in the TV section, there was the best performance in a stand-up comedy, or in a, which was the new category, that they spent a lot of time on, and then Ricky Gervais wasn't even there, so... Ugh, yeah. Good riddance. Um, but anyways, moving on. To movies, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. Because this was kind of all over the place, but then also unsurprising. I mean, to start out, it was like Barbie had the most nominations... Um, Killer of Killers of the Flower and Moon, Poor Things, all had seven nominations. Um, Oppenheimer obviously had a lot. Uh, so there's like big leaders, but then it kind of like went all over the place. I felt like. Well, I also think sort of the order that the stuff came in was kind of odd. Yeah, because the you started with the best supporting actor people. Dave and Joy Randolph and Robert Downey Jr., who I think are generally like the front runners in those categories. Um, so you kind of like those weren't that shocking. But then it was like screenplay went to Anatomy of a Fall, an international movie, which I thought, oh, that like that's interesting. And maybe yeah. we're gonna get some like more interesting wins here. Maybe the uh maybe the Golden Globes are now like more arty and are going to be giving out stuff like zone of interest and you know th- like awards to those kinds of things. But then that didn't really happen. 
uh, <laughs> like Anatomy of Fall won Best International, but then they didn't really like stick with that direction. Oppenheimer yeah. basically won everything that it sort mm. of could be winning. Yeah. Um, and then you know the holdovers won some stuff. Poor things won some stuff. I feel like the biggest story of the movie side was that Barbie. Yeah. underperformed a lot because it yeah. won best original song for the uh billy eilish song and it won the like cinematic box office achievement <laughs> or whatever that it was up against t- the taylor swift movie for yeah. but otherwise it didn't win anything which yeah. i think does not bode well for the oscars because i feel like if you think about barbie you think that that movie would do better at the golden globes then yeah. at the Oscars, especially since the Barbie didn't have to go up against Oppenheimer at all in most of the categories because yeah. it's in comedy rather than drama. And the fact that it couldn't even beat out like the holdovers and poor things in some of these categories to me was like, Ugh. yeah, it was, you know, too bad. I think I haven't seen the holdovers yet. I know you didn't like it. I think a lot of people liked it, obviously. Um and then poor things I still haven't seen, but I'm sure you were happy for. Oh yeah, I mean I love poor things. So when when that I felt like that winning best comedy was sort of like the one upset in the mix because yeah. it didn't go to Barbie or the holdovers, which had also won a couple of awards at that point. But I mean I love poor things, and I do like, think that this makes it seem like poor things is stronger going into the. Yeah. Oscars than I initially thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, Barbie's tough because I think, one, it's a summer film. And so there's already sort of a disregard for it, especially just recency bias with something like Poor Things. And also, it is like a popular film, which is always hard to like get people to take seriously. Um, But I also saw that the Oscars announced that Barbie would only count as an adapted screenplay. So I think that is that was Greta Gerwig's chance in an original screenplay, but not anymore because now it's up against everything. Yeah, that is interesting as well. Um, I'm because it's like adapted in the sense that it's like, okay, there's a toy, but it's not like, you know, adapted from a book or adapted from an article or adapted from an actual story like it's original content it's just stars a ip figure but i mean the thing with the oscars is that in general the rules of adapted versus original are pretty strict and like anything that you could possibly think might sort of be adapted is basically adapted like even sequels count as adapted and um, because they're technically like adapted from the original movie so when they said that barbie was going in original i thought like that seems like something the academy like wouldn't go for because mm-hmm. yes it is like an original story but it's adapted from a thing and i feel like like weirder stuff than that has been in the adapted category before. Um, And so, so, well, and it's like, you know, yes, it's original, but there's the whole plot line about Barbie's um, like founder. And obviously that is a real thing that happened. Um, 
you know, they're using. um, Yeah, it doesn't seem promising for Barbie. No, no. I mean, I can see why Barbie wanted to be in the original (laughs) group because they are up against a lot less competition there. But I, but I can also see why the Academy was like, yeah, no, this is going to be an adapted. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so now it's up against Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon and Maestro and, you know, all of that. But I do think on the plus side, this makes it more likely that um, Past Lives wins. Yeah. Well, Past Lives didn't get any of these, right? No, but Past Lives could win, I feel like, in Best Original Screenplay because that is um, an original idea at the Oscars. Yeah, no, Past Lives didn't win anything. I mean, Oppenheimer, I think, won five. Yeah. Poor Things won two. Barbie won two. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. One. Um, Just Lily Gladstone, I think. Yeah. Um, Holdovers won two. Anatomy of a Fall won two. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maestro I, I, but... didn't get anything. Past Lives didn't get anything. And then it's just kind of scattered to those other ones. Yeah, Zone of Interest didn't win. American Fiction, May December, Air, um, Nyad. I really liked American Fiction. I love American Fiction. It was so funny. <laughs> it rang too true. I mean, obviously, with any publishing movie, the like timelines really uh, sped up from reality. But I felt like the characters were so funny, and the way our culture embraces books was so funny and everyone was so good sterling k brown ugh, loved him he's so good in it it was a fun time i feel like for me the this award season is that the like one through five sort of on the ballot i'm like ugh about and then the five through ten i'm like wait these are all actually incredible movies that probably aren't going to win very much yeah (laughs) It's like yeah. Oppenheimer, Barbie, Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm all sort of like, eh, you know, like good, whatever. But then I'm like, Past Lives, Poor Things, American Fiction, like such good movies. Yeah. Such good movies. A Color Purple I loved, um, yeah. which also did not do well here. Yeah. No. So we'll see. I mean, I feel like. I don't necessarily see this as any sort of hint of the Oscars because it feels kind of like, again, people were phoning it in. I I guess it's interesting that it's such a large body of voters compared to what it used to be. Um, But it just felt kind of like they just went for what seemed like the popular vote, right? Like it's like, okay. Yeah, I I almost feel like that they were... Like, okay, we can't vote for anything too weird because we need people to think we're legitimate. And so they just, like, voted for the most kind of boring options in a lot of categories. Which isn't to say that that won't happen in the Oscars. So they think that some of these will definitely be repeats. But also the Oscars, like, yes, there are years where there are kind of sweeps of things. But it feels like those voters are taking individual stuff into a consideration more than these Golden Globe voters were. Like, this seemed like it was a lot of straight ticket, like, okay, we're voting for Oppenheimer for everything kind of stuff, yeah. where I feel like with the Academy, there's a lot more of like, okay, but the costumes were actually better in Barbie, right. and, you know, like, Lily Gladstone's performance was really good, but actually this other person is doing... Like, there's just a lot more of that kind of yeah. thing. So, uh, And that voting body's bigger, and it's more international and has more different pockets to it. So I could definitely see some 
Like, I think that that will be more interesting than this, even if we do get some of these repeat winners. Also, the other thing about the Oscars is that they're so late. (laughs) And, you know, like, they haven't even started voting for nominations yet, let alone winners. And so there's so much time. And I was talking with this about one of my friends, or I was talking with this to one of my friends about, I was talking about (laughs) this with one of my friends. There we go. And we were saying that the last like three or four years, there has been a front runner sort of at this point and that that front runner has ended up losing, you know, whether that be the Fablemans or Power of the Dog or um, 1917 and something else has sort of like snuck up on it. And so I do kind of wonder if people aren't getting a little bit bored of Oppenheimer and some of these winners already and we'll kind of start looking around by the time the Oscars arrive and be like, okay, like, do we really need to see Robert Downey Jr. like win again? Like maybe there's somebody else in here that might be more interesting or that we like their performance more. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, I mean, yeah, we obviously have feelings about for me, Oppenheimer and for you, Oppenheimer and Barbie, but it's like, I will just be annoyed if that, whatever, it's fine. It's fine. I just I think, yeah, it's hard because this year you do feel like there's some very obvious technical achievements like Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer. So it's harder to imagine something like American fiction or even May December or like Saltburn or any of these smaller things sort of creeping in to do any surprise gets. Um, so I'll be interested to see like if there is a strong front runner because I don't know. Right now, it just seems like, oh, well, those are definitely well made. But it's like, are they doing anything more interesting than these smaller films? I don't know. And that's the thing I think about with like last year with the like Coda versus Power of the Dog and also the Fablements versus Everything Everywhere. It's like those movies were well made and they were sort of like front runners because they were good but there wasn't a lot of passion behind them and i'm yeah. like i just don't know how much passion there is for oppenheimer like do yeah. people really like love 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 that movie and want to <laughs> give it a bunch of things like i don't know yeah especially like almost a year later right where but... it feels like some of these other movies have more of that energy but also i don't like i thought oh people are gonna all sort of coalesce around the color purple maybe because that's so yeah, beautiful no and has so many things going on, but that doesn't seem like it's doing well, probably because yeah. of racism. I feel like American <laughs> fiction could be facing like a similar issue in some I mean, regards. Okay, so wait. let's talk about the color purple because I I liked it. I hadn't ever seen any of the other iterations or read it. Um, but I do feel like it's a tough sell as a movie because it's so like, you know, there's so many time jumps and stuff. And so I don't know if it's like necessarily best picture material. Like it's beautifully made, like the costuming, the music, the the cinematography. But it's like story-wise, I can see why it's getting pushed behind things like past lives or um I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can see that in that it is like it does cover a long period of time. Um and it's like jumpy about it. So it's like, oh, they kissed. But then it's like never revisited like why they kissed or like if they 
if she wants a relationship or if it was just like pure I'm love, reading you know? the book and it's kind of <laughs> it's so similar. I watched yeah. I watched the musical and then I went and watched the Steven Spielberg version and now I'm reading the book and they are all similar in that yeah. regard it, it they are kind of like more vignettes than like yeah full like plot it's lines letters, so it's like I get it but I'm also like I don't know it it felt like more like in line with In the Heights, which is a great movie, but not necessarily awards grabby. Yeah, I think that this has more big performances in it, though. Yeah. The color yeah. purple. And I could just see people like really coalescing around like Danielle Brooks and Fantasia and Traji. Yeah, like all great. of them have really great storylines as actors. Yeah. They are all really talented um it's like beautifully shot the choreography is really pretty like yeah i guess maybe the screenplay kind of stuff would be trickier but i just thought that there'd be more sort of power behind yeah. that which seems like there hasn't been um it really feels like the only things that have <clears throat> have some momentum are oppenheimer and barbie and sort of <laughs> killers of the flower moon yeah well and because color purple is pretty like Obviously, they made changes, but I was watching some clips from the 1985 movie, and it's like there's a lot of the same script, a lot of the same scenes. Like, oh, so yeah. It, it's like it seems harder to convince people it's like worthy of attention because it's like just a remake, you know, which is diminishing. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with that sentiment, but I can see why it slowed down people's interest in it. Um, and also, you and I have never talked about Saltburn. Do you think ah. that'll have any appearance in the, I mean, the Emmys are next week, right? Oh, but that's TV. The salt, Saltburn, I mean, I really did like Saltburn. I, Saltburn feels more like an internet movie to me than <laughs> a Oscars movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I just don't know if a lot of Academy voters are going to be getting behind it in the same way that you know, internet people are and the internet seems kind of divided by it. I don't yeah. know. No, I think it was, I I like some of the analysis of it, but I don't know if it's fair to assume that much depth was intended always. Because um, I've, I felt, I thought it was funny. Like I had a lot of good laughs in it, especially with the family and Rosamund Pike is so good. Um, but I felt like the gotcha at the end was sort of like, yeah, we've been known. Like, why do we need a why do we need a flashback to him murdering these people? We knew he did it. Like, you know. Well, also, it it feels a little bit like Euphoria to me, which is a show <laughs> I love. In that, like, it has these moments and these one-liners and these costumes and the vibe. But then sort of when you look at it, when you sort of back up and look at it as a full picture, you're like, uh, I, like, I don't. Yeah, like, like what, what exactly are we, are we doing? Here? Like, what what's is... the point of this? <laughs> yeah. I also think Emerald Fennel, like, with Promising Young Woman 2, they're both movies that are just, like, a little too cute in how they wrap up, like, as thrillers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you get to the end, and it's, like, the twist ending that just, like, works too well and is too clever. And... I think that Promising Young Woman did so well at the Oscars, you know, partially because it was the COVID year and it was just sort of a weird environment. But I I kind of think if that movie had come out like this year, let's say, instead of Saltburn, I don't know if it would have been in the awards conversation at all, really. And yeah, Saltburn like, is just beautiful. It's yeah. I think it has a chance for 
cinematography. Yeah, some like or, like or like score. Yeah, and I do think Rosamund Pike is really good in it, so I could maybe see like her sneaking in to best supporting actor or something <laughs> or actress. But um, but yeah, in general, I don't think that's going to be getting yeah. a lot of nominations. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just pulling at threads here, hoping I'm not sitting through the Oscars in three months listening to Oppenheimer speeches. Oh, my gosh, though. It turns out it's great being on the West Coast. We, like, finished at 9 p.m. Like, I watched a whole other movie after that. It's much more enjoyable to watch an awards show when you're not, like, watching the clock go towards midnight. Well, yeah, because they start at like five or whatever. Yeah, I mean, because I remember glorious. being so confused at one point of like, how many after parties are there? Like, how yeah. can they possibly be out? And it's like, oh, yeah, because they're done at like 830. Yeah, it's, it's a dream. So that's definitely made me more engaged in my um, award show watching. So, Well, you know what I realized today will be on while I'm visiting you that we'll get to watch together. Oh, my gosh. What? Are the the one thing that we look forward to so much every year, the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh! Lol, 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 lol. lol. I know. Maybe it'll be if the guy on the Chiefs, and Taylor Swift will be there. Guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. Yeah, there you go. You got it. I remember. Okay, okay, we've got to wrap this up though. I've got places to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. yeah. I, I mean, anything else to touch on anybody's speeches or anything? I felt like they were largely pretty boring. They were um, all very boring. <laughs> Emma Stone is always Emma Stone, like, yeah, yeah, good for, say. good for a speech. She's fun. Yeah. Um, Paul Giamatti was fine. Her being Lily up Gla- against Jennifer Lawrence is hysterical. Like the, the splitting of like comedy to you know drama and what they end up putting in there to like fill the space is so fascinating to me. Um. Jennifer Lawrence did get her moment, though, with the, like, if I don't win, I'm leaving, uh, that yeah. she mouthed. Yeah. Which was funny. good J-Lo bit. I know. Put her in more. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, that That's was it. it. Golden it. Globes. Kind of meh. We'll be back to talk about Mean Girls next week. Oh, that's so fetch. So fetch. <laughs> get in, loser. Have you seen it? I saw it. I, oh, okay. I did. I saw it last week. I have a lot of thoughts and opinions. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> We'll discuss. Okay, you that. saw that on Broadway, yes? Yes. With yes. With oh wow. Renee Rapp. Renee Rapp. So I saw it with the original girl, but sorry. <laughs> Sucks to uh, suck. Sucks to suck. Uh, okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week to talk more about that. See you then. Bye.